Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. All right. Hey. Yeah, I'm just going to continue. God is in this room right now, just as he was in fill the room at Pentecost. God is here with his presence. God is here with his Holy Spirit. Right now, I believe that God, with his Holy Spirit, filled of glory, filled of grace, filled of new beginning, filled of healing, is actually here. We are not just talking about something that is happened once God is here right now and this is my heart on my heart for the church is I would actually say as a desperate need to see God transform to see God work in in our lives that's my heart my heart is not for the perfect worship setting for the perfect well-crafted message or the perfect everything that's not my heart is for God with his spirit that he will transform us, that he will meet us. That you who feel tired right now will walk from here feeling a little bit stronger. If there's anyone that have, your passion has kind of uh, dried up a little bit or your vision, that you will be able to feel like I know a little bit more now where I'm going, where I'm taking my next step. For those who are tired to feel lifted. That's and I was speaking with with Pastor Matthew some weeks ago, and just he just shared the same heart. He said, like, what's on my heart is transformations, it's us being changed in the presence of God. That's why we are here, and the Holy Spirit is here right now. So I just want to pray one prayer: God, just come and open my heart, open our heart to the presence of you, your beautiful presence, God. Yeah, Pentecost Day. A remarkable day in history and a remarkable time of transition. From the old covenant, this is important, from the old covenant ministry in the, in the Bible, how the Holy Spirit worked in the old covenant, being upon some people, being upon some chosen people, some chosen people group. From going from that to actually going into the new covenant, where people where God will tear down the walls and he would be upon every people, every person. And we will see the ministry of the Holy Spirit in a completely different way. So Pentecost Day is amazing. It's huge. It's where the old covenant transforms into the new covenant of the, of the, of the people of God. This is the day God's Spirit started to function on the people in the people of God, through the people of God, every one of them. And that's why it's important for us, because we are still here. The mission is still going on. So we are part of this right now. Since the beginning of time, throughout the Old Testament and from God's servants and God's people, there's been a prophetic promise, an echo somehow, that one day 
God will break all these barriers. He would tear down our walls. You can hear it in Jeremiah 31. This is the covenant I will make. I will write it on their hearts. That's a change there. I will write it on their hearts. We see it in Ezekiel 36. I will give you new hearts and I will put my spirit in you. That's radical there. From the, you can see it through the Old Testament. One day, Moses longed for the day where the Holy Spirit um, will be poured out. And in Numbers 11, he says that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. This is kind of the background. And getting close to the day, getting close to the Pentecost, they were Everything changes with everything falls down and something new comes. Jesus told the disciples, he's in the, in the, the last thing said about Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, he says, stay in the city. Do not go, just stay in the city and wait until uh, you, have, you will be clothed with power from on high. Before that, he says, it's better for you that I leave because I will send you the Holy Spirit. They had no idea the significance of those words. But the last thing we see in Luke from Jesus is to the disciples, stay, wait, stay together and wait. And then the first thing that is said in Acts, and it's, it's believed that Luke might be the one writing Acts, but the first thing referenced from Jesus is still this, stay, wait. It's really important for Jesus to say this. Wait in the city. You will be baptized. So they went to Jerusalem. They waited. I think they f might be disillusioned maybe, a little bit of intimidated, afraid. But they waited. They studied and they prayed. And something amazing, a watershed moment in history was about to happen. That's why we are here today. And a little bit about that day before. Pentecost. It's a Greek word. The Jewish word would be the feast, the, the feast of harvest or the feast of weeks. This was one of the Jewish feast days. On this Jewish holiday, there would be a lot of pilgrims in Jerusalem. And that's a point right there. There would be packed with people from everywhere. It even says like from every known continent, there were people. So on this holiday, they will be full of pilgrims from across the world. It will be a wonderful, probably loud, all kinds of languages and smells and things going on. It will be probably wonderful and messy at the same time. Probably like Mölle amongst Target or Mölland on a good day. You know, just chaos, just people from everywhere. That was the setting where God shows, this is where I'm changing the history. That was the setting. The disciples were waiting together. Then suddenly something happened that transformed them from the knowledge of God, to know about God, until experience the presence of God. That's something. And it's more, we're going we're gonna to look through Apostles Acts 2. And it's more than just uh, speaking in tongues, the, the, the tongues of fire, the drama, the wind. 
I love all that. I really do. I speak in tongues. I have experienced a lot of weird things with God. <laughs> uh, I do believe that, so study that. But I want to focus right now on the, what I feel today is for us a little bit the bigger picture here. That what happened on Pentecost Day is where God's people going from being spectators to God's plan, to actively being a part of God's plan. And I would love, seriously, I would love to dive into all the details. But you probably are feeling quite warm. You probably have kids to put to bed. You want to go for ice cream afterwards. So I'm going to do three things. I'm going to pick three points from, from this text. And there are some points that just scream out to you that I might leave. But then you just go home and just... Study those points. I'm picking three things that I actually feel is for us as a church. Uh, C3 Lund, C3 Malmö. So I'm going to look at three things. The effect the day of Pentecost had and still has on these three areas. Number one, the togetherness of the disciples. Challenging, challenging individualism. The community, that's the first point. The second point I want to look at, uh, the prominent and the clear indication of God building a multicultural and multiracial church. This is, yes, I'll get back to that. And three, the change in the individuals. This is something for everyone to grasp onto. The change we see in Peter being filled, being enabled, being anointed. So I think all these three areas speaks to us in the room, in the church. So let's actually have Acts 2 up on the screen, if that's possible. So we're going to look a little bit at Acts 2. I'm only getting, I, I can't just, I, I'm just getting to the f beginning of the, of the chapter, but I will do some from the beginning. First verse is, now we know the background, we know... The city, we know the people, the chaos, the wonderful mix. And then it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Boom, that's my first point. They were all <laughs> together in one place. This is deep stuff, but this is actually, we sometimes just rush through that and just go to the, fire part, but they were all together. It was really important for Jesus to say, stay together, wait together. And also now after COVID, we are, we are actually able to be together in one room, by the way. It's not Zoom meetings, but there's something here, that principle that I want to actually take from this. It's not an individual thing. They were all together in the same room. The scene is very planned. The scenery is very detailed from God. It's not, a, it's not by chance that oh, they happen to be together. This is how God chose to do this amazing change in history. My, as a person, my default is a little bit more individualistic. That's a little bit how I am. I'm easy. And, and if you add to that that I'm also quite introvert, 
I love people, I love you, I love being here, but I don't always love to be around people all the time. That's just mean that I would need my time alone. And there's a default in my, probably where I come from, to go towards the more individualistic thinking that, uh, so this challenges me. Just the fact that it says they were all and they were together. Uh, but I see, I see that I miss out if I don't see this. I actually need what God does in your life. I need to see what happened. Even when I listen to someone and I sometimes try to speak something encouraging to someone, prophetic, and I see that, wow, God was doing something and wow, then something happens in me. Or if I am weak and someone speaks to me, someone cares for me, someone listens to me, something happens in me. I need that. And why would I ask God for gifts, gifts of powerful servants, if I'm not there with the people when they are together? Why would I need those gifts now? And this challenged me a lot. I'm just on the first verse, by the way. <laughs> Matthew says, speak as long as you want. Uh, they were all together. You can't grow in God, in the church, and find the riches and develop on your own. You're not supposed to. An arm can't even live by himself. It needs the body. So together in one place, so please come when we, when we gather. Come when we have prayer meetings. Come when we have connects. And like this, it's, it's not about the numbers. It's not about, oh, we were so many. Yes. It's about what God wants to do when we get together. It's a principle. An individualistic culture, we, in this culture, we seem to believe that as long as we have a personal relationship with God, everything else is secondary. But Pentecost is an extremely clear illustration of the truth that is found throughout Scripture. The community of God's people is central to God's work in the world. The community is how God always work in the world. The community. They were all together. In what room? The same room. So Pentecost actually challenged and invited us to consider our participation in the fellowship of the local church. Uh, we need to experience him together. Are you open to be challenged here? Are you? Yes. yes. <laughs> this challenged me as well. I know you're supposed to say that when you're on stage, like, this is to me as well. But I'm actually feeling quite challenged here. Because I want that life in the Bible. I want the spiritual life. I want the overwhelming life. I want the grace, the healings. So then I can't just stick to myself. We need to be together. Verse 2, that's not, it's just a, I just want to say a, a, a one thing about verse 2. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house. 
trying not to go into the wind thing because I'm going to leave that to you. But I want to stress the word suddenly. Suddenly. They were waiting. They were praying. They were doing what they were told. But they didn't dictate when God came. It was not them because, okay, we pray, we wait, then God. No, God came suddenly. And I want to say that to you. Sometimes you wait, you pray, you seek, but you don't dictate when your healing comes. It's not up to you how God is going to do something. And I actually feel that in the room, <laughs> that there is some of you that needs to hear that. Stay close, come, be together, and suddenly God will come. We do not control when God comes, but he, he does come. And I have this, I have that sometimes, you know me. I have this picture that somebody walking, this might be a metaphor for how someone is feeling. Like you're, you're hurting, like your heart is hurting. And like every step you take, it hurts. Like every step is like, ugh, something hurts. And you even feel like, why am I here? Why am I even coming to this? I don't even feel like worshiping. I don't even feel like praying. And I feel that God is saying to you that keep coming. I don't expect you to worship perfectly. I don't expect you to do the amazing prayers. I just want you to come and just to be here. And I will mend your wounds. So just come. Listen to the people worship. Listen to the people praying. And just be here. God will come. If that is you, I hope we can have some time at the end of the service. And we can just pray for you. Verse 3 and 4. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. They separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Ooh. <laughs> then you have the fire again. But let me just say this, that the fire is usually a symbol of God's presence, God's guiding presence in the word. Think about the burning bush, uh, Moses. And now it was on every one of them. That's a study there. <laughs> but you might... You might know now what my point will be in this, in this verse. It's the fire rested on each of them. On each of them. All of them were filled. This is my first point. Each of them. This is where it happens. This is where, like the walls of the old covenant tumbles down. This is where it changed. It's not on the the perfect one is not on the leader, it's not on that person who always prays. It was on each of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. Not on individuals only. And this speaks to us, this speaks to me. I might feel like, hey, I'm not worthy of this. I should be more like him. I just want to say, no, don't be more like him because you are who you are supposed to be. And God is wanting to fill in you. Each of them were filled. Every of them were filled. 
Yep, so that was my first point, actually. The togetherness, the challenging of the individualistic thinking. And I do believe that that is something to our church right now, to challenge you on that and to be part of that. Number two, prophetic thing, I think, to our church. It's a clear indication of God building a multicultural and multiracial church. Let's read verse 5. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. If you were, ha- if you were holding a map in your hand oh, over the known world in that time, that first century, you, you would have seen that every known continent, race and ethnic group was gathered that, that day. Everyone was there. Remember that Jews had by this time spread into every region of the world. And on Pentecost and on Passover and the other major holidays, a lot of them came back to sacrifice in the temple. So this is why on this day, this happening, there were people from Africa, from Asia, from Europe, Egyptians, Greeks, Romans, and Persians. They were all present in one place, in one time. And it's no coincidence that this is where God birth the church, fill the church. No, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to read 6 to 13 and just jump in and try to read the, the names right. Um, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all who speak in Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, 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 Medes, I'm just going for it, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visited from Rome, just both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed, they ask, what does this mean? And there's always this guy saying, however, they made fun of them and said they had too much wine. There's always that guy who will come with that comment. <laughs> Adam. Uh, there's always this fun guy. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Take a second and think about where we are. Take a second and think about Malmö and Lund, this area. There's this slogan, there's this t-shirt, I think. Like, if you have seen Malmö, you have seen the world, you know? Malmö is an amazing mix. A wonderful mix of all nations. Last time I checked, there was at least 190 different nations in a quite small area of Sweden. 190 nations. More than one-third of every person living in Malmö, probably goes to Lund as well, is born outside of Sweden. And that's more than any Swedish city. And try to grasp, like they, they all heard this in their own language, they suddenly hear, heard, they speak the wonders of God. The people speaking 
the greatness of God. There is something extremely precious and intimate in hearing your own language. Specific, especially if you are not, that's not the language you use because you are not in a place where your real first language is being used. And maybe they were used to like, there's a specific people who speak about God. There's specific chosen people that are allowed. And suddenly they hear their own language. I do not know how that feels like, but maybe some of you know that. That you do not use your first language. It's, but when you hear that language, again, it's quite intimate. It's quite special. This is what was going on that day. No longer unworthy, no longer on the outside. Every known continent, as he says, race and ethnic group was gathered here that day. It's not a coincidence. This is how God chose to work. And this shows me God's heart for our city because we live in the midst of this kind of city. It definitely shows me God's heart for our city, for Lund, for, for, for Malmö, for Skåne. So symbolically, this miracle reinforces the multilingual, multicultural, multiracial mission of the church. And I think Pentecost actually challenged all of us to examine our own attitudes and our own prejudice and to reject and repent of any prejudice that lurks within us and to open our hearts for all people, even and specific, especially those with a different language and a different culture. And this is not politically, this is, this is not political, this is the kingdom of God, this is the power of Pentecost, this is where God chose to break through. God is establishing a church that consists and welcomes people from every race and region of the world. The work of the church will never be complete until the church itself reflects the same multicultural, multi-ethnic diversity of his creation. And I think that has to do with C3 Lund and C3 Malmö as well. We live in the here. And just, I just love, we are building a worship team, kind of from, this, from scratch. And I just love the fact that we are, in our little church, we are, we are a worship team of 11 people right now. And our work in the church is to worship God and to help every one of us to get into the presence of God. In our little team of 11 people, we are members of, from Nigeria, from India, France, even from Sweden, the Philippines, uh, Britain. We had some from Australia and Latvia. And they even let a Norwegian play the guitar. <laughs> and then we have Brian. I promise I will speak about Brian today, this guy. I asked him, where do you come from, Brian? Where's your origin? And he says, uh, I'm from, I don't know. He says, Denmark, Holland, Portugal, England, Sweden. Because <laughs> you're from all over. So church, be more like Brian. 
live in harmony. Yes, thanks. Uh, and in our church alone, this our church, we are at least 25 different nations and probably more. And I want to say one thing right now. Who am I to say this? I'm saying that there's a prophetic thing over our church that we are supposed to show this. And we will have to give room for it. And we will show the world. And it's easy for me, maybe, a middle-aged, white, Western man, to say and say this. So I just want to say that, that I do not know how it feels like to hear racist things thrown at me. I don't know how that feels like. So I want to say that, that I believe this is something that will form our church, but we need to be uh, humble as well. Oh, that's for my wife, Summer, here. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, Palestinian. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucky woman. No, but I want to say this. This is my strange thing to say, but I want to say it anyway. Like way back when we, we, we were out maybe and, and someone would say a comment to her about her or about just other cultures in general. She would react to it and say, did you hear what they said? And I would say, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm a bit ashamed of this, but I would say, no, they probably didn't mean it like that. I was like mansplaining her like, no, that, they didn't mean that in a racist way. Of course they didn't. And I feel so ashamed of that when I understand that I am not in a position to say that because I don't know how that feels like. It's so easy for me to say, like, no, they probably didn't mean it like that. Uh, why I'm just saying this because I, I think this needs to be said <laughs> in a church where we, we mix everything. We need humbleness for this. We need to seek God for this. We need to seek him for this. So I do think it's a prophetic thing that a mix of people declaring God's kingdom and grace in this region. We might sometimes speak about how difficult this region is to reach. Let's think about it as well. Like this region is exactly what draws the Holy Spirit. You know, the mix, the chaos, the mix. This is where the Holy Spirit fell on and wanted to. So let's have that in mind as well, that this is very uh, attractive to God, then the way we mix up. And it has to be like that. can't be any other way. Galatians 3, 28, like, there's neither Jew or Greek or slave or female or man. We are all one in Christ. So that was my second point that I want you to pray over and to and go further with how Pentecost tore down the walls of exclusivity, including all people and all nations, the way it has to be. Let that comfort you and let that stir you for, to work in our region. And if you are still awake, I'm going to go to my third point. And I do think you will be encouraged. Third point. How the Holy Spirit transform and empower individuals, meaning you. I'm just going to read a little bit from verse 14. It's 40 verses, by the way, so 
And I'm, I'm ending on verse 16, actually. Then Peter, all of this was going on. All these people were gathered. Tongues of fire. God was shaking everything up. And then Peter. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice. He addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully. And then he preached. And then he just declared from the beginning of time, from the scripture, he just declared it and people were listening. It would, cutting them hard, it would cut to their hearts and they were like, what are we supposed to do? Repent, give your life to God. And 3,000 were added that day. So my point, wait a minute, is my point. What happened to this guy? What happened to Peter? Wow, what he did, did that was incredible. He just stepped up and said, hey, I'm going to explain this to you. This is the same Peter who 53 days earlier has said about Jesus, I never knew him. This is the same man that 53 days before was ashamed. No, I didn't know I, I, I didn't knew him. This is the same Peter who had nothing to say about Jesus. Even when someone asked him directly, are you a follower of Jesus? No, I don't know him. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he stood before a crowd of the same people he once feared. Now he boldly declares that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the crucified one. How did Peter go from that, being filled of fear, to become fearless like that? He stood before many of the same people who once had shouted, crucify him, in the same city. On the day of Jesus' trial in the city of Jerusalem, how did he go from being cowardly to courageous, from denying Jesus to defending him to the same people. This is the filling of the Spirit, my friends. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He was the same man. The Spirit was over him. We can study John 14. It's better for you that you have the Spirit. He will comfort you. He will take from, you have John 15. You have all these verses. I can do anything in Christ. So it's, there was a lot of things. But we see what happened to a regular person like you and me when the Spirit comes. When it changes from the old covenant to the new covenant. This is the same Peter that was looking in the ground and now I don't know him. And I feel like I want to say that to someone of you here today that you might feel that people define you on who you used to be. That you are being defined by people around you, by who you used to be, who, how they look at you, who you once were. 
But the Holy Spirit transforms you and enables you and changes you. And I want you to be open for that. I need to be open for that. So also, step before God, even, even before leaving today. Let someone pray for you. Let someone just bless that. Because there's someone that feels like we know who you are. You can't change. This is, see what the Holy Spirit did with Peter. These disciples before Pentecost, they were men hiding from public. In fear of what had happened to Jesus might also happen to them. Those frightened men have now become suddenly and miraculously equipped and empowered to carry on the ministry Jesus had begun. In Acts 17, they say, here are those that turn the world around. That's how they talked about them now. These are the men who sets the world on fire, turn the world around. These are the same men that were hiding in fear. And you see it in Peter. Peter did not simply change his mind. He didn't just get a really good book or follow the most inspirational Instagram preacher. He was transformed by the Holy Spirit of God over him and in him. And I believe that for you as well. I have another of those pictures that I feel like you are walking around. You feel like you're walking around in clothes that you have been wearing for a really long time. They're even a bit old. There are holes in them like, yeah, like some shoes. And you know that in your closet at home, there is a new uh, outfit hanging. And it's beautiful. Just thinking about it makes you happy. It's there. It's new. It's fresh. But you still walk around. But these clothes, well, I could probably use them a little bit more. I can still use them. There's nothing wrong with them. But I feel like God is saying it's time for you to throw those old clothes away and put on the new clothes. And you know what it is. You can think about it, you can dream about it, and the Holy Spirit wants you to step into that. And if that is you, please bring that to God. And me, when I was younger, I went to a missionary school, I would call it, or a Bible school. And I did all the things you're doing, and I, and I love, I still love it. I love the thing. If, if, if your thing is, being out on the street, doing drama, knock on doors. I don't say that that's wrong even, but that was what we were doing. Like we were all over the place, traveling everywhere. Uh, and I was, it was so important to me that, that to keep fighting, keep praying hard, keep just doing the right thing, be on fire. Nothing wrong with that either. But I remember one day I was praying and God was just picking, almost like, hey, and he asked me, in the middle of this super, I was super on fire. And he, just, he actually whispered to my ear, why do you act like I have not given you my spirit? <laughs> why do you try, Shetil, so hard in your own strength to do what I want to do in, in my spirit through you? This challenged me still. Why do we try so hard to be that perfect, burning Christian on fire when God has 
this is what I want to do in my spirit through you. So I want to give you that. Then we get to verse 16 and 18. This is where most people start to preach on this message. Where we hear about the promises. God will pour out his spirit. The word for pouring is like heavy. It's, it's rainfall. It's huge. And men will get visions and all this. Verse 16 and 18. But I trust that I have gotten that point through as well. So I won't, I won't continue. <laughs> um, so so much to say about Pentecost Day. But what I wanted to say and what I wanted to leave you in the church is the togetherness of the disciple. Challenging individualism to how it's so clear that God is building a church of different nations, of, of a mix. Three, the change we see in a person who gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's for you as well. The heaven is open. The mission is still out there. We are still a part of this. So it's still for us. And you and me on Pentecost are called away from our roles of spectators into the role of central character in works in what God does. If I can get the band to come up. It's a fun thing to ask the band to come up when I'm usually the band. If you can come up and just do something amazing, that would be good. Uh, we can actually stand up because I think we need that. Uh, I just want to say this in closing, and maybe we could have a little bit of room for prayer, and we're going to leave that. Uh, but I want to say that we as a church, C3 Lund, C3 Malmö, or if you are in another church, we as a church, we are not a club. We are not an organization. We are not an interest club, if that's even a word. We are a chosen holy people of sinners, of broken people, people who mess up. We are a chosen holy people because of who created us. The Holy Spirit is over us right now and in us right now. Jesus says, this is so much better for you that I leave and I will fill you with the Spirit. And I do understand that now. And what I feel when I think about this is, is that I will not act like I am not part of this. I will not belittle the church. I will not belittle my role in the church, my community. I will not look at some in church as more important. I want to ask God to work through me for this region where we are actually put and I, I want to ask am I open to serving God through the power of the spirit am I exercising the gift of the spirit in my life and I want to say to every one of us this is a time to renew our commitment to God and to his church you are part of something amazing God builds the church not by might 
but by his spirit and you are included in this every one of you all and we're here to be filled and be part of this so just as we worship and as we pray just challenge you to be part of this to dedicate your life to this and if you some of you were that person who just with that ache that where I feel God is saying just come just be here God will work in you if you are that person who feels defined by who you once were we're going to ask God to break that and if you are the one walking around in old clothes knowing you have some new clothes this is time to put them on and I just want to ask for let's commit to this so God I just thank you for for your presence and just come with the Holy Spirit right now and just be here Amen. Hmm? Yes. So let's, I'm sorry. Let's, I hate when people do that when I lead worship. So right now, actually, let's do that because now we are all in the same room. <laughs> we are all together. The Holy Spirit is here. If you feel like God is doing something in your heart i want to welcome you to come forward and just let some of the leaders just pray for you bless for you it's it's not more holy to be prayed for here than at home but sometimes when god speaks to you it's a good thing to just act on it to do that and god knows what it is god knows what's going on so i it will be strange if we didn't invite people to to be prayed for so if you feel like hey something of this stirred my heart and I want someone to just pray into my life you are very welcome to come and it's the decision that is important it's not where in the room we pray but this is a way of welcoming God thanks